Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. How's it going, Matt? Yeah, great, Mark. How you doing, man? Good, good. Very good. So, how was your week? Yeah, my week was good. My week was really good. Um, my freelancing contract has been all in Python. And man, it's fun to pick up a new language. I haven't done this in years, like doing a real serious project and trying to follow best practices and that sort of thing. Um, I'm doing stuff with Flask. So it's like I have to learn a new framework on top of learning a new language. So it's sometimes things can be a little hard to read. But uh, yeah, it's scratching an itch that's like, uh, yeah, it's just damn good fun. I, I'm really have, enjoying myself maybe a little too much. Really? I, oh, man. Yeah, like lots of deep work and just, yeah, knowing that I'm getting paid for it too. Like, I, it's just oh, it's just good fun. Just good fun. But it's Python. Oh, I'm kind of liking it. It's kind of nice. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's uh like the, the I had a beer with a friend of mine a couple weeks ago and he was saying like, yeah, the problem with Python is that the ecosystem moves very slowly. And uh, I've been playing around with things and it's like even Flask, an extremely popular framework. Like, all of the plugins for Flask are are not even 1.0s, and they're ancient. Like, the JWT library for Flask, the most popular one, like, the last commit was, like, in 2016 or something like that. It's like, man, that's crazy. Do these projects not evolve? But I guess they're just very small and very to the point, so, yeah. But it's it's just, yeah, like, uh, it, it's... <laughs> I'm just having a lot of fun with it. It's, yeah, it's just too fun. Well, that's good. I mean, honestly, I haven't ever given Python much of a chance, mm. like, I- I played around with it here and there and didn't like the syntax mm-hmm. <laughs> or the tools. Mm. Yeah, the tooling's a little weird. Like, very recently, like, very recently, a, a new, um, like, version manager and package manager called Poetry has come out. And that tends to do things more like Maven or other, like, package dependency managers that I'm aware of, like the cascading dependencies. Um, up until then, at least from my experience, it looks like you say, oh, I want this library, and you just add that dependency, and you have no idea what versions or other dependencies it has. You just get the top-level thing, and that's it. Wow. Yeah, which seems like a nightmare. Like you could run into whatever it is, DLL hell or dependency hell very quickly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It must not happen that often, or maybe there's just like a hidden thing I didn't know about. But, but yeah, so... That yeah, learning a lot about modules and how to import modules and like how to structure things is a little wacky. Like what the main module is and why it's different from your other modules. It's it's a I, I've been every every couple of days I have to reread the Python documentation for like okay wait what is a module again like wh- <laughs> why why does this import statement just not work? Yeah, so yeah, it's it's been a blast. It's been having a lot of fun there, making some money in the process, which is cool. Right. Um, being yeah being paid to learn is always fun <laughs> yeah yeah then unfortunately last week it was revenge of the shred was the oh, big no. was the big thing so i had finished my you know a few months ago i finished one of my clients and then my other client um i had finished my part and i was waiting on another set of consultants to finish their part and i hadn't heard anything from them in a while and i was like oh maybe i should poke them like what's going on so i think our deadline is the end of june so I kind of got the runaround for a couple weeks and was like, uh, can we put the gas on here? Like, what's going on? So the week kind of devolved into chaos as I was trying to figure out what are you going to have done for the end of the week? Because I need it so I can send it to the customer and like, it's this whole juggle. So I ended up, um, it ended up being pretty stressful towards the end of the week, but I got what I needed, I needed on Saturday. So it's going to take up a few of my cycles this week. Um, to make some edits, answer some questions, make sure it's all set so I can send it off to the client. Our deadline is coming up in like nine days and there's like stat holidays in there. I'm mean, St. John's this week. So it'll be, uh, it's going to be tight, but, but it'll be done, which is the most important. Okay. So yeah, like that was kind of a, it's a, <laughs> this, the shred thing's been looming in my mind for the last while, but my part's been done. So I'm like, okay, well, there's not any more I can do. I can only push so hard. So it'll be, it'll be nice to have it done, done. Um, and to make a little money in the process too. And then the other big thing I'm dealing with this week is taxes. Uh, my financial end of year is 
um, the end of April. So okay. I've been dealing with my my accountant and I have been talking about like, okay, do we want to move the end of year date? Do we want to play some play with different things? I've been collecting sales tax for everything I've been doing since the beginning. So moving that tax year isn't so bad because I've collected everything. So, but uh, but yeah, it's I've never gone through like a corporate end of year. I really like my accountant. Um, he's he's great. But yeah, this will be the real test of just like how painful is this. right. Yeah, like so. How long have you been incorporated? Since October. Okay, so it hasn't been a year. Yeah. And uh, like, can I ask how much this accountant charges? Um. So basically, so I don't know how much he charges. So okay, don't know. <laughs> don't know is a strong word. So um. So he also, he's also my wife's accountant. Okay. Um. And the cool thing is, you can tell him like. Can we be price conscious here? Like, can, are the things you can you can give me work to do and I will do it? Right. Uh, like, I don't know, assembling things to go into forms or assembling forms themselves. I don't know, these kinds of things. And apparently he's very good at being able to say like, oh, this part you can do and this part you can do. Or you can just pay him to do the whole thing. Um, so I'm really hoping this doesn't cost more than like, you know, two to four thousand would be okay. would be my hope. Um, I've got everything rigged up. Like, uh, you know, I do my own QuickBooks. I well, I I hired somebody to help me set my QuickBooks up and make sure that I'm doing things properly and that sort of thing. So she kind of checked on everything that I on everything I've been doing and making sure that I'm collecting taxes the right way and marking them properly in QuickBooks. So I'm really hoping that I've been doing a good job and that everything is straight. Because my my like I haven't made that much money this year, so I'm really hoping that. The tax situation is just really straightforward. Um, yeah. And are you paying yourself payroll? I haven't been. Okay. Um, I just gave my I gave my business a loan uh, in the beginning to get started, uh, to get up and running with everything. Okay. Um, so it's just been repaying you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I've had a few like uh, uh, I'd be really interested to know how you do this or if you do. Um, but like I signed on when I uh, as soon as I incorporate well. I guess I had a bank before. No, I incorporated and then I then I opened a bank account for the business, and then I got myself a credit card. So like I run a bunch of things through the business, like all my subscri- software subscriptions and everything like that, um, which is pretty straightforward. Like the ads that I ran for FBAR, I ran through that, and like a few other one-off purchases. Um, but yeah, like what do you do like for to manage this? Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Like I I I got incorporated because for the limited liability is is the reason why I had done it at the very beginning, like 10 years ago. Uh, So yeah, so yeah, I have my corporate account, bank account, corporate credit card for all the expenses. Um, And I had an accountant the whole time, Mm -hmm. but it's been a struggle with the, with the accountant. Like, like they are completely oblivious to like what a SaaS is. Mm. Like I don't, all their customers must be like small businesses, like lo- small local businesses, or maybe they have some big corporate businesses, but it's all, you know, like your typical, your typical business, <laughs> brick and mortar business, or maybe a consultancy or something. But right. they seem to not understand SaaS at all. Like they, and because it's a big, it, it's a big uh, accountant firm, like it seems like I get, I get a new accountant each each time <laughs> and they ask me the exact same questions like do you have any inventory? <laughs> no. It's like uh yeah, I got a bunch of zeros and ones over here. Yeah. I used to have more to ones. All, yeah, but now I got more zeros. So like <laughs> you want to see so What would you say sheet? the ratio is of zeros to ones? <laughs> Like seriously, like each time I have to explain what Stripe is, or like you know, they they know what PayPal is, but I don't even accept PayPal anymore. So, <laughs> so that's you a battle that I foot. yeah, it's a battle that I won, but now like I I lost it. Mm-hmm. But now I have to explain what Stripe is, and yeah. So and I I realize that I I think I do pretty much my own bookkeeping, mm-hmm. like non officially, like I'm not using any official accountant software. Mm-hmm. But uh, every quarter, like I send them a list of my transactions, like so, every every income transaction, every expense, and I've already categorized it all, like because I wrote my own little web app for it. Yeah, 
So I just import all my tr- credit card transactions, uh, bank transactions, and then I just categorize them all and I send it t- to them. And, and then they just tell me like, you know, how much GST or HGST I have to pay or receive as a refund. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it, I feel like I pay way too much <laughs> for, for the fact that I seem to be doing all my own bookkeeping. Yeah. So yeah, recently on MicroConf Connect, I asked, you know, like, what what are people doing for their accountant? Because because I I don't like my accountant, and you know I'd be willing to do my own bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then Justin Jackson answered that yeah they do their own bookkeeping for a Transistor. So I th- I don't remember. I think it's zero. I think he uses zero. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and some uses something else for for payroll. Uh, but of course, because we're in Quebec, like almost every service always has an exception, you know, except Quebec. Right? Yeah. Or every, every contest, every <laughs> marketplace, they always have an exception. Like, oh yeah, we support all provinces except Quebec. Except Quebec. Come on. I know. Come on. I swear. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah, so I have to, I have to find a bookkeeping application, I, I think that supports Quebec. And I think I'm at the point now where I'm, I think I'm ready to start paying myself in payroll. Okay. Cause I've been, I've been doing like, like you, like loans and uh, mm-hmm. dividends. And, yeah. But now like, I think I'm re- ready to start paying myself a salary. Okay. So I need to find something that has payroll integrated. And yeah, I, then I just need an accountant at the once a year to just file the, the taxes. Yeah, right now I'm like I don't know that I love my setup, but it works, I guess. Like, you know, I have so few transactions that I'm dealing with. You know, I have the recurring stuff that's really easy. As long as I have I at this point actually what I should do is I should just set up receipt forwarding to just say like, "Oh yeah, I got a receipt from G Suite. Take the receipt, automatically forward it to QuickBooks." So that it'll attach to the transaction, so I don't have to go and download things and whatever else. Because I, I think there's some integrations there uh, to make your life easier, and that would make my life a lot easier. Um, and then, yeah, everything else is just like, oh, I do one-off invoicing for work that I do, and I'll need to remit the sales tax that I that I need to, right. and I, and like I do all these and do all the internal trans- transfers with my bank and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, God, it's such a pain. But I, I was thinking, I was complaining about this with my wife the other day, like. This feels like the first thing, at least for me, this is like the first thing I want to pay someone to do. Like, Jesus, just do this for me. Like, I don't care. I don't care about any of it. Like, as long as it doesn't get fucked up, <laughs> that's, right. that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt at the beginning. That's why I got an accountant. But now I'm just realizing, like, I'm paying for... I'm, I'm, <laughs> it seems like so much more work for myself anyways. Like, I might mm-hmm. as well just do it myself. And, and, you know, and I like, I love playing with numbers. So like, yeah. So yeah, like, like, uh, double entry bookkeeping. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but then actually filing the taxes, like, yeah. Then, yeah. Then I would, I want an accountant to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it, it seems like there's kind of two distinct parts. There's the, there's like the tax part, like, how much did you make? How much did you spend? And like, you know, kind of, building that up and then there's the like and, and like to some extent that there an extension of that is classifying your expenses like what sorts of things can you i don't know like can, can you play games with uh what's more valuable or less valuable in terms of your income or whatever but then there's like the wealth management part like you say like issuing dividends and that sort of thing and so it's like so there's like the the structure of like how much profit did the company make and then how much did you as an individual make and how did we minimize the amount of taxes you need, you, you need to pay and maximize your income at the same time? Right. And it's like, yeah, I see the use of the accountant. It's like, sure, you have a certification and I need to pay you for that. And that uh, you, you, you take your place right there. That's great. And then it's like the wealth management part is something I'm a little more interested in. I, I know yeah, nothing about it. So. But my accountant has been useless in that, in that category. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. But it's like, oh, well, I don't really understand how your business works. <laughs> it's like, there's really only two ways of paying yourself, like payroll or dividends. And I was like, are you sure? I've read other ways of... <laughs> <laughs> like, are, are you sure about that? Financial are you sure? Like, I'm, I, don't, I don't think you're right. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Mm. 
so yeah that's a, that's a big tangent but but because yeah. uh, if it wasn't for that like you know i would have created a new corporation for power importer right like because the inco- incorporation itself is not that complicated like no. you, you can find a service that will do it for like 500 bucks and it's yeah. done that's what i did and the paperwork is 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 really not that much of a problem either it's the accounting the accounting is the big pain in the ass and yeah. and i couldn't imagine like you know, paying double to manage two corporations, which are pretty much the same corporation. <laughs> but, you know, if I wanted to be able to to sell Power Importer and then get that lifetime like, capital gains exemption, yeah, you know, like, then it should be its own corporation. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you don't know what we talk about by the one-time exemption, in Canada, we have an awesome program where... If you sell a business, uh, you can claim it. it uh, the number gets adjusted with inflation, but it's. I think right now it's around like 800k or something similar. Of you can just take 800k of your business sale and you can just claim it tax free and just say, "There you go. There's the money." And you can only do it. So um, not that you can do it once. It's kind of like a bar that you fill up. So yeah. if you sold a business for 200,000, you could claim 200,000 and still have 600 left over, but it's like such a sweet wealth creation thing for Canadians. It's it's amazing. It's yeah, but that's it. But it has to be that you're selling the business. Mm-hmm. Like so, you have to be incorporated, or I, I guess you could probably do it also with a partnership or a sole proprietary business. Probably. I mean, selling a, a sole proprietorship would be confusing as hell. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, you're selling the business, so you. Now it might it might actually be only corporations. Now that I think about it, yeah, I don't know. but because a lot because a lot of sales are just asset sales where you, mm-hmm. you're just selling the domain name, the software, the licensing, and mm-hmm. the copyright. You're just selling all of that. You're not yeah. actually selling a business. In that case, you're not exempted. Oh, so you would be like, here are all of the ones and zeros that that are the business. I guess. Yeah. I mean, because when you built the business, like when you bought the domain name, well, that's not an expense. That's actually an asset that you bought because yeah. you can resell a domain name, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's an asset. Uh, the code itself is an asset. The the copyright, the, li- the license to use the software, those are all assets that you can resell or license out or... Mm-hmm. So you could just do an asset sell where you're just you're just selling all those assets oh, together. Of course. Okay, there you go. I see. Like mm-hmm. you just okay, I see now you now you own the domain name, you own the software, you own yeah. the copyrights. Like it's all yours now. I've mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, because I guess in my head I was like, Oh, it's just easier to sell the container that is the business. But that's very right. different from an yeah. asset sale. Yeah, interesting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but if you're just selling the assets then you can't you're not exempt for the capital gains. The corporation will 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 have to pay the capital gains, mm, right? So, sure, right. So if you consider that all those assets cost you five thousand and you sell it for five hundred thousand, well, the corporation will have to pay those capital gains. Right. Interesting. See, th- I find this fascinating. I, I the problem is I haven't had a reason to know about it because it's like I'm not I'm not rocking a five hundred thousand dollars sale or anything, so it's, <laughs> it's not helpful for me. But um, the more I, because it's becoming more of a problem of like, okay, well, I got to do taxes. I have to learn how all these things work. It's, I like dipping my toe in and, and hearing more about this because it's, yeah, it's just completing the picture of, of all the things I need to realize, realize or know about when I, as I do my financials. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that stuff. Like I, I love numbers and crunching numbers and like I, I do stupid stuff like, like every year I have a, a balance sheet that I write for my own net worth. <laughs> so I have all my assets and my liabilities listed. Nice. And each year I just do the a balance sheet. All right, this is the new balance of these accounts. This is the, the net worth of this asset. Mm. Uh, and then calculate my net worth and I get, I track it over the years. Nice. <laughs> it's just, it's just ridiculous, but I just love that stuff. Oh, no, it's so, it, like, uh, that was one of the things I realized. Um, so uh, about a year ago, my wife was like, you got to get into YNAB. YNAB is the best. And I, and I was, like, very against this. My budgets were always very simple. But I, I thought, you know, okay, let me let me get started with this. You know, maybe one day I'm going to want to start 
this was in the inklings of when I was saving to to begin uh, my own thing. I was thinking, oh, this is something I, I should do. This would be good for my financial health. So I sat down and I, I budgeted for a full year of, well, like, sorry, I did budgeting for a full year. So I was able to track my expenses. And man, what a superpower it is to really have a clear idea of your financial situation. Because then like planning becomes a lot better. Like I still have a bunch of runway in the bank, but now I look at it and think, oh, I can do this work today. And this will extend. I know exactly how much I need every month to live. And so I know what like half rations looks like. And I know what like quarter rations look like. So I really have uh, a lever control over my, uh, over my life, over my financial health. Um, so it's pretty cool to just be like, oh, okay, you know, I can, I can really turn the dials up and down on, oh, what, how do I want to live this month? Or what, how do I want to live in six months? What kind of work do I need to be doing? What kind of income do I need? Yeah. I haven't expanded that to be like my net worth totally. Um, cause I just like have a bunch of retirement savings that I've like thrown into a pit and I'm just like, all right, we'll keep throwing it in the pit <laughs> one day. <laughs> I'm going to need this. Hope I'm saving enough. But yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, it, it's, I really, I'm so grateful that I s- sat down and started tracking things because like, damn, I feel, I feel like I have a uh, control over this aspect of my life. Um, not that I was out of control before, but you know, money is a limited resource and it's really good to know how much you have and. And you don't have to worry about like, ooh, I'm about to buy a coffee. Like, I shouldn't be buying this coffee. Like, no, man. Like, you can totally afford to buy a coffee this month. It's okay. Yeah. I wonder if it's an engineering thing. Like, engineers just love quantifying stuff. Like, yeah, just like to measure stuff and then track it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and write some code around. <laughs> exactly. Write some code. Yeah. Oh, I bet it is. Like, yeah. It. it I think there's two things that engineers like tracking their expenses and making beer like, <laughs> two, th- two things like yeah. and making beer as a whole other things to track right <laughs> exactly just mo- how many sensors can i Im- put in place how much software can i write to get the temperature just right like eh, jesus christ exactly <laughs> yeah i mean I-, I also play poker and like really? I'm- i've been playing for i don't know 15 years and every single game that i've ever played is in a spreadsheet no way <laughs> yeah well not not every game but every every session so if i go i go somewhere and we play cash games well then like that's one session mm-hmm. or if i go play play a tournament somewhere and then afterwards there was a cash game mm-hmm. well that would be like two sessions okay and uh, but yeah every single one when i come home i add it to the spreadsheet Cool. And then I'm able to like graph my bankroll and <laughs> and my my ROI. <laughs> right. Um, it's it's so nerdy. How have so I have so many questions. So like, do you tip, <laughs> do you just play with friends normally, or do you go to the casino to play? Yeah, I, I've been to the casino. Uh, mostly they're they're cash games. I, I mean, they're friends now, but but they weren't friends. They were strangers before. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And yeah, there's also some friends, like ex coworkers that I that we we would play maybe once a quarter, mm-hmm. but now it's been forever since we've yeah. played. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's mostly like there's all these, like uh, there was on on Meetup there was this Montreal poker group, mm-hmm. and there were they were just cash games. It's all, it's all small stakes, but yeah. which is which is what I like because that's that's what I'm profitable at. Sure. What would a buy-in <laughs> be like for a local cash game? So like usually the blinds will be five ten cents. Okay. You know, so so the buy-in will be ten dollars or twenty dollars. Like usually that would be the minimum and maximum for the yeah. And the most the, the highest tables I've played at are at the at the casino, the one and two dollar tables. Okay. And even there, I'm I'm profitable. Mm. But uh, but if you go to five dollar, ten dollar, <laughs> or higher, then the competition gets better and uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I used to have a bunch of um, colleagues who played a lot of poker. Um, they'd go up to Kanawaki like once, yeah. twice a month to to play the. To play yeah, the they tables. have an amazing poker room over there. Apparently, it's world rated. Oh like yeah, it, yeah. They're they're like, oh yeah, like in Poker Magazine or whatever. They're like, oh, you got to go to Kanawaki. Like that's where the yeah, that's where the good tables are. No, 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 all the guys I know that are serious about it, that's where they play. 
And that's that, that's what I say. That's where the good players are. That's where you're gonna improve your game and all that. <laughs> Get your and, money taken. And you go you go to the casino on weekends just to find the whales and to to make some money. <laughs> oh my god! Man. <laughs> and then you go back to the playground to to have some fun and sure. to learn to improve your game. Interesting. Okay. I I love poker and and there's so many parallels between like running a startup and playing poker, mm. like. There's so many things that I learned from poker that have helped my startup mm. and vice versa. Like you have, you know, the con- concept of like the bankroll, like that's mm. how much money you have that you're willing to, to play with. Right. And, and, the, and you have to manage it, right? You can't just go to one tournament, and put your whole bankroll on it. And, yeah. And it's the same thing with a runway for a startup. Like it's how much money you have that will determine before, you know, you take off before you're profitable. Right. Damn. I used to play a lot of online poker, like when I was in high school. Um, but yeah, I haven't. Yeah, geez, even cash games. Like, yeah, I just don't have anybody in my immediate network now, except for you. That, yeah, uh, that plays. Oh, well, you, you're welcome. Welcome to join us. Yeah, that'd be fun. So yeah, my my last week was just taxes and shred and chasing people and writing Python. So it was fun, eventful, uh, good good old week. Had a nice restful weekend. Actually, had a little bit of a. I had a misstep this weekend. Um, I I got really I had like not let's call it like an anxiety attack, but I definitely need to do some better hygiene about my phone and what's on there. Like I'm a member of a bunch of different Slack groups, and like even for the freelancing I'm doing, I'm in a Slack group, and someone sent me just like an innocuous message. Oh hey, I saw that you did this, and I just had a question about it, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, everything I've done is shitty. I'm shitty. This is all horrible. And now at the time I was very hungry. So, um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that definitely weighed in, but I realized this was kind of, um, this was stress that was coming up to the surface. And I think it was just like the, it was an accelerant that I was hungry, but it was this realization of like, it's the weekend. I'm not planning on working. I need to have slack off of my phone or completely silent. No notifications whatsoever. I need, I either need another computer or something that is a work computer that I can have off to the side that's only for work so that I can only focus on having fun on other things because it's not, um, it's really not cool. Like I, I freaked out on Saturday. It was not cool. Really? Um, and I just realized like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving myself the space to rest and I know better. I know better that, that those like adequate rest is something that I desperately need at all times. And, you know, gyms are just starting to get back into swing and that's been a big part of me that's been missing for the last, you know, over a year. So as I get back into healthy habits, you know, we talked a little bit last week about like, I've been drinking a little bit too much. And part of that is like getting out there and having fun in the summer. But part of it too is also medication. Like I am very stressed and it's very yeah. nice to be able to just have a drink and kind of forget like, that's oh, okay. Like I don't have to work right now. I can just have a drink and chill. Um, but yeah, it's like getting adequate rest away and time away from work is so important for me and i realized that that misstep happened and i'm like all right i gotta i gotta take a second and figure out like how to fix this situation i have yeah it's not easy no no it's not i remember when i was getting started i i I knew i always everyone says like oh yeah like starting a business going out on your own it's not easy or they say it's hard but the thing that i never really understood was how how it was hard not how hard it would be. Like, sure, of course, it's going to be hard and you'll have to work a lot. But like, in what ways will it be hard? Because that's yeah. the weird, that's the curveball of all of this. Uh, I agree. And and people will always quote, uh, nine out of 10 businesses go out of business. Sure. Right? And and that's always in parallel to it being hard. Like, mm. So it makes you think that that's what's hard about it is that it's hard to succeed. Mm-hmm. But no, like it's, it's not, it's not just that. It's the, the actual operating the business and building it and growing it is is hard. Like you experience all these emotions, like rejection and <laughs> and uh, being judged by by others, uh, feeling vulnerable. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I'm trying to think of something philosophical to say or, or sorry, like trying to make a good point. But fuck, man, it's just really hard. <laughs> it's just it's just hard. Like yeah, and. Uh, it's it's cool when things are working or it's cool to just like you know not be dying but it's yeah when people depend on you for stuff yeah it creates a weird sort of pressure and it's hard to escape from that yeah rob wallen 
Rob Wallen and his wife on the recent startups mm -hmm. for the rest of us podcast. We're talking about grief with startups. Yeah. And yeah, it made me think like, it's true. Like the, these emotions that you feel like with relationships, you can also feel with, with businesses, like totally. or relationship, other, you know, business relationships. So when you, you, you know, when you create F bars and then you decide to like shut it down, like, is there a bit of grief involved in that? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you just created something and now you're, you're <laughs> putting it to rest. Exactly. Yeah. Put it in the ground. Yeah. yeah grief is a fascinating topic. I was introduced to it uh, in, in therapy earlier this year. Well, um, in 2020 of just like, yeah, like, you know, things happen and they don't go the way that you wanted them to or whatever. I mean, it, you, you name it. Right. And, it's gone and it's not coming back yeah. and you can't change it. And that's just it. And it's like, you can wish and pray that things were different, but they're not, they are the way that they are. And you need to grieve what was or what could have been, or you're, you know, grieving, um, your, <laughs> your expectations not being met. Uh, I, I was really hoping F bars would pop off. And I, I really hoped that this was going to be it. And that, you know, I knew it was going to be hard, but this is what I wanted to work on. Actually, no, it wasn't. And it's time to just, like, admit that and be with it. Be with the fact that, oh, yeah, you, you didn't quite get what you wanted. And that's okay. But, you know, acknowledge yeah. it. So, yeah, after this weekend, I came in first thing this morning. It's Monday. Came in first thing this morning and started coming up with, like, okay, what, what's, what's a sane way to run, to use one computer that I use for fun, but also for work. And how can I set up a dividing line between those two things? So I know I have a few people, like my wife uses multiple like browser profiles. So different bookmarks, different everything. Um, managing Google accounts is still hard doing it that way, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still figuring out what the right way of... of Actually, is. If, you're, if you're using Chrome, it's very easy to... If you have multiple Google accounts, you can yeah. have one Google, one Chrome profile per Google account. Okay. And, and then like, yeah, it will have all the same bookmarks. All, if you use, if you use it as a password manager also, like each one will have all its set of passwords. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I do. So like, you know, so like my power importer G suite is in its own Google profile. Mm -hmm. And my Twitter account for power importer is also in that same profile. Right. So the password for it is saved, is saved there. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, but then I'll have like a judo hacker one, mm -hmm. which has my other Twitter account. And, okay. And yeah, and I have pretty much a, a Chrome profile like that for every business I have so that okay. I can collect all the accounts together. So like my Twitter account for that business will be in that profile. And okay. Yeah, I need to do that. Right now, I had a Twitter this morning with my friend that um, calendars are not a solved problem. <laughs> Because right now I, I'm a member of four different organizations, and because just keeping my calendar straight is difficult. Um, and actually, on that same note, I didn't know this, but I trialed a I trialed a solution called uh, Woven. I heard a, an ad for them on a podcast once, so I trialed them and I liked them. I was trying to remember this morning why I didn't pay. There was one feature that didn't have or something. Anyway, I, I'm not sure. Um, Anyway, so I was like, okay, it, uh, over this morning I said, all right, this is stupid. Like, I need a unified calendar that I can work with. And it turns out that Woven was bought by Slack. They was bought by Slack like a month and a half ago. Oh. I was just like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I can't fix this. I, I'm able to do it with Google. Like, I, I use Google Calendar, mm -hmm. and I'm able to import all my other Google Calendars into one master one. So the I can do that too, but the problem is that the organizations that I'm a part of don't give transparency into the actual calendar events. So oh. I can import the calendar, but it just says busy. Like, And then I get a notification. Uh, I get a notification from... So I have all these tabs open. They're all just pinned. So I get a notification from the calendar where the event is defined. So it'll be like dentist at 10 o'clock. And then in the other tab where, that I have the calendar shared for... I get a, another thing that's like busy at 10 and then I have all of that. So, so I tried to use that as my unified calendar, but because of that, I'm like, all right, this is stupid. So then I, I have them all unified on my personal. So I just use the calendar app inside of OSX and I can add all my accounts there, which is good. I can't trust it completely because like if, 
it doesn't refresh constantly. I've run, I've been bitten by that once or twice. Um, but it also sends notifications. So if I have to go to the dentist at 10, I get three notifications five <laughs> minutes before, and then I get another three notifications two minutes before on my desktop and on my phone. Okay. No so, wonder you're feeling overwhelmed yeah. <laughs> with your screens. <laughs> it's like, um, do, you, do you watch The Office? Yeah. Do you remember Woof? Like when, when, um, oh, yeah. Like, oh, send me a whoop. And it's like you get a fax and a phone call and like three instant messages. Like, that's what it feels like. So you have to go to the dentist. You received a whoop. Yeah. So it's I'm also, trying to get my, my shit. This is also a Silicon Valley episode. Okay. Wherever, I think it was wherever Bitcoin reaches a certain threshold. Oh <laughs> His speakers would blare some some death metal. Sweet. <laughs> so yeah, so that was my week last week. This week is going to be um, it's going to be shred all all week. Um, really? Yeah, because of the deadline, I'm gonna I'm stuck. Like I'm I'm gonna have to work on that. That's gonna take up all my free cycles that aren't freelancing, and I'll probably end up billing less hours this week because I need to get that done. Um, Thursday is a stat in Montreal for Saint Jean. So I'll, I'm hoping to take a few hours off in the afternoon and do something fun, but um, it's crunch time, baby. Got to do it. So last week you weren't able to do any interviews? No. So that sucks, but at this point, it's okay. I'm, I'm all right for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like you have a lot on your plate. Yeah. How about you? Did anything exciting happen last week? Exciting? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn, I'm let down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm actually feeling quite stuck. Like I have, you know, this side project that's at a standstill. It's not progressing. Okay. Uh, so I decided, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just wait to see until he's not so busy and then we can collaborate on it yeah. later. Um, and instead I'll work on the notion importer. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It seems like I'm, I'm, I'm always finding a reason to procrastinate the notion importer. Okay. <laughs> like this part of me deep down that just doesn't want to do it i guess mm. and yeah i've been struggling like what the hell's going on and i think part of it is because i know that once i have it out there i need to go into talking to people mode mm-hmm. and i guess part of me doesn't want to go back to that mode because it's summertime and and i'm finding it quite hard to find a quiet moment in my home office because everyone's home mm. and now like Everyone's home and they don't have anything to do because school's over. So it like it feels like there's always a distraction. There's always like oh someone is oh is playing video games right in the living room, which is right outside my office, or everyone is in the living room chatting, you know. And then I feel like I feel FOMO and I, I want to join. And <laughs> so it's, it's like yeah, I don't want to you know put a bunch of stuff on my calendar and then not be able to spend time with the family during the summer yeah absolutely so i think that's i think that's my big hang-up it's just i just don't want to fall into this talking to customers mm-hmm. mode it's a lot of work it's a yeah. lot of work mm. i think that's a totally fair assessment like it's, I, the fomo is real like man, yeah <laughs> good weather and having people you love around that are free and that kind of thing is very tempting it's very nice <laughs> And it doesn't, exactly. come, doesn't come around every day. It's yeah, I, I totally feel you. I mean, and that's that's why I quit my job ten years ago. It's mm-hmm. because I realized like my my kids are only going to be with me, you know, for eighteen years. Like, after that, like I'll never see them, <laughs> right? Like uh, you know, yeah, sure, I'll see them, yeah, you know, for every holiday and and a few times here and there. But you never know. You never know what the future has. So I really wanted to spend the most time with them as possible like now when when they're at home so yeah this is like my daughter's 18 she's starting university like it's who knows how much longer she'll be here (laughs) so yeah i feel your i feel your stuck position so what i decided is like okay what what can i do that can move the business forward Mm -hmm. and doesn't put stuff on my calendar and it's the affiliate program like that's right yeah like that's the one I mean the side project was supposed to feed the affiliate program mm-hmm. but maybe the affiliate program on itself is enough to to like bring in new customers and 
mm-hmm. and grow the business. So I, I just, I actually did it with no code. <laughs> I decided, oh, I'll just put like an Airtable form on a on a on an affiliate page. Mm-hmm. So the only reason I put an affiliate page is just so I can track it, mm-hmm. so I can track how much traffic is going to it. And then, of course, once they click on the button that brings them to the form, then I can't track it anymore because they're on the Airtable website. Mm-hmm. But I can see whether I receive an email after, like whether they submitted the form. So it won't I be the, still. It won't be the finest green funnel, but you'll still no, clearly exactly. be able to see land, hit, submits. Yeah, I'll be able to see how many people don't make it through. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just put it together, I pushed it, I think Friday, and then I tweeted it. Yeah. Just to see. And so, yeah, like a handful of people went on it and uh, and a few clicked through to go to the form and then they didn't fill it out. Okay. Which is not surprising because, you know, it's just my Twitter followers. Like, it doesn't mean that they're, they're a good match to be affiliates. Totally. But now, like, I need to, I think I need to email my customers mm-hmm. and to tell them about it and, and maybe, maybe actually contact a handful, like, that I know are a very good match mm-hmm. and and contact them personally. Sure. And then after that, I could do a, an email blast to, to all customers. Yeah. Hmm. So this is very interesting because, I mean, affiliate marketing is a huge opportunity. I mean, there's lots of people that do it. There's lots of businesses that do it. I wonder if there's like pros in the space who, uh, I don't know, it, it feels like there should be channels or something like that where these types of people hang out. Yeah, uh, but uh, I don't really want to, like, I don't want to find people that just do affiliate marketing for a living, mm-hmm. like people who that's all they do. Like they find affiliate programs and then what, what can I build that will drive traffic? Like, I, I mean, the no code community is a really big community. There's a lot of people building stuff publicly mm-hmm. and teaching how to do stuff. There's whole like s- social networks, like MakerPad and, uh, no code devs and no code tech where people are constantly building tutorials of stuff so it seems like there's plenty of opportunity in all those channels for people to to use power importer in the tutorial and then have a link that sends people to it right so i I would i want to test those waters first i think that's a much better fit yeah i totally agree totally and there's a few people i know that blog about no code so they might also be interested so what kind of so yeah what kind of marketing or how, how do you see yourself marketing this right now it'll be emails to your customers letting them know that it's open I guess you you have a few people in mind that would be ideal affiliates that might not be customers necessarily but are in the space and yeah. have an audience exactly how did you land on the price <laughs> or have you landed yeah. on it yeah that wasn't easy <laughs> yeah I can imagine yeah, it wasn't um, I basically copied someone else's model <laughs> but I, I simplified it like okay. they had a very they had this weird like on the first month they give like 50 percent, and on subsequent months up to two years they they pay this percentage mm-hmm. and it just seemed like overly complicated i just had an idea of ballpark of the maximum i want to pay per lead mm-hmm. and then i found a percentage that would pretty much like pay out that amount within a year okay so then i just reversed the math and so it came up to 30 percent uh for one year of all revenue so like if someone just pays the regular like just signs up for one subscription um pays monthly it'd be a payout of like i think 105 dollars after a year but you know if they if they sign up to two subscriptions then it would be you know 210 or yeah. Or if they if they paid annually, like immediately, it would be. I didn't do the math, but it'd be a little bit less. But at, but at least it would be immediately, like yeah, within the first month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This it, it's interesting because I see this as a very interesting opportunity for for the right person. Like, yeah. If you had a hell of an audience. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think I think so. Yeah. I mean that that's that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's it's a simple win win relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like you you have a blog. You're looking for content. Um, if you write about Power Importer and link back using your affiliate link, you know you'll you'll have content first of all to provide, mm-hmm. and you, you you'll get revenue. Like, totally. 
so yeah so i think so that's something i can i can do that uh i don't feel i mean yeah it, it's a little scary sure. reaching out to people <laughs> and uh and the email blast i haven't even done any yet so that that's going to be it's going to be a job to do let me know if you need me to click yeah. the button for you <laughs> i will <laughs> so yeah so so that's i think that's what i'll be doing um, and otherwise there's there's this nagging thing that basically I made this decision when I first built Power Importer, like the Airtable to Webflow sync, where I wasn't going to support bidirectional relationships between tables. Okay. So tables can have foreign keys pointing sure. to other tables. And I wasn't going to support bidirectional ones. Mm-hmm. And and the reason is because the Webflow API only allows you to do one request per second. So, you know, if someone has thousands of records, like, you know, it can take an hour to run the whole import. Mm-hmm. And and if I support bidirectional relationships, well, then I have to create both records first and then come back and set the foreign keys between them. So that means, like, you know, instead of creating two records, which would be two API calls... I have to do four API calls, you know, create create the two records and then set the foreign keys in between them. Right. So easily I'm doubling the amount of API calls and the, um, the amount of time it takes to do an import. Mm-hmm. So I had decided, because you don't really need the bidirectional relationships when you're designing in Webflow. There's always workarounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I justified it that, no, no, this would be more efficient and I wrote this really cool code I was proud of that crawls the graph of all the foreign keys and figures out in what order to insert everything That's cool. <laughs> so that I can do the minimal amount of API calls. But you know what? Customers don't care about your fancy code. <laughs> People just kept receiving that error message saying, oh, sorry, we don't support bidirectional. You know, only set one side of the relationship. A lot of people didn't understand what that meant. Uh, so I would spend my time explaining what it meant and then trying to explain what the workarounds are. Uh, but then, yeah, people insisted, no, 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 I need them. I need those relationships because that's how I designed it in my CMS. So then you have to, you know, you have to convince them that, yeah, but you could have designed it differently. Here's how you could do it differently. Um, and because all your data is in Airtable, you can do denormalization anyways. You can, you can pull other fields and just duplicate them inside your table and it will just automatically be copied over to Webflow. Uh, but no, it's like, it's, it's an uphill battle, right? It's like, I'm trying to educate. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to explain what the error means. And in the end, it's like, no, I, th- I think I just need to support it. Like, I <laughs> so. And it's, it's not an easy refactoring to do. So I think what I'm going to do is just create a second importer, but hide it to the user. Like the user is not going to see that there's two different kind of importers. Yeah. But once they finish doing all the mappings, if I detect that there's bidirectional, then say, okay, you're going to use importer number two, right. which takes twice as long, but hey, that, that's what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like, I don't know if I should even have a warning. Oh, by the way, like, if you, you know, if you remove these bi-directional relationships, it will take half the time. I don't even know if I'll complicate the interface like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a, like, I, I'm just thinking out loud, like, you could easily, at some point, like, if somebody did, if you did manage to get that person who was using bi-directional and they had a lot of data, like where oh it, the sync is taking too long or whatever else then it's like you could reasonably say hey I'll send you an email and the email says oh hey by the way it's taking a long time if you care that it's taking a long time then this is the workaround otherwise right. just let fuck it let it be yeah no it's true or if someone reaches out and complains that yeah. it's so long mm-hmm. it's like oh well there is a solution yeah I can but to- so yeah so I think. I have to code it. Like it's it's been a battle this whole time. Mm-hmm. I thought I could win. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was being clever mm-hmm. with my code, and and it's like, no, I need to just 
brute force created and doubled the amount of API calls. And who cares? Normal. That's what people want. I was going to say you could try uh, reaching out to Webflow and being like, can you guys add something to your API that does something <laughs> like this? But <laughs> I don't see that happening. Nope. I, don't see, I don't see action being taken. Say that. Nope. Yeah, it's always it's always tricky, right? Like you, customers say they want one thing, and often they're wrong. Like <laughs> it's not even what they want, right? Yeah, right. It's like I want I want a checkbox here, like to do this, mm-hmm. and then when you dig deeper, it's like no, no, the checkbox is the only idea they came up with, but that's not at all what their problem is. Like their problem is something else, and here's a better solution for that something else. But sometimes you <laughs> you end up. Wasting a lot of time just trying to educate them or to, to show them a more optimized way of doing it. Yeah. And in the end, it's like, it's a battle you're not going to win. They're right for the wrong reasons or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I can't think of an analogy, but yeah, that has to be, that has to be one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. It's not going to be fun, but... Yeah, at least at least it would be some deep code, some <laughs> some deep work. I mean, yeah. And too, like, um, have people churned over this? Maybe one person did. Okay. Yeah. It, so yeah, they might still have the problem. You might be able to email them and say, "Oh, hey, by the way, we fit." I know, I know, I said that this was wrong and we didn't support it, but we support it now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's true. Like that's why I'm justifying that I, I should do it because yeah, one person did churn and. Uh, and I've spent so much time doing support. That's true. So already, I'm you know, whenever I see an, an error message that Webflow returns that the user doesn't understand, like I'm trying to replace it with with a plain English yeah. error message that says what to do next to fix it. So this is a perfect example where it's pretty much the same thing. It's like I'm showing this warning, this error message that is just creating all this support tickets for me to work on. Mm-hmm. Why don't I just get rid of it? Yeah. And so yeah, that that's what I'm going to be working on. Okay, so that's good. That'll give you some nice work to do, some deep work to do that isn't necessarily meeting with people or needing to carve yeah. out big parts of your schedule. Exactly, and I, that's it. I can do it whenever I whenever I see that nothing's going on here at home, mm-hmm. like everyone's busy doing their own thing. Well, then I can. All right, I'll sit down for five hours and crank out some code. Yeah. Well, that's it for me. I don't know. Do you have anything else? No, we can wrap it up. Sweet. Cool. All right, well, have a good week. I'll catch you next one. All right. Good luck with your shred. Yeah, thanks.